The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. Now, it's time for a trip down on the farm. Let's check in on reports from around the Oakland A's minor league affiliates. Welcome to our A's Farm podcast. I'm your host, athleticsfarm.com, editor-in-chief Bill Moriarty. And today, we're going to be joined by Las Vegas hitting and pitching coaches Eric Martins and Rick Rodriguez to talk about some of the team's top AAA prospects. After that, we're going to catch up with minor league catcher and San Mateo native Colin Thoreau. And then we're going to check in with sports pitcher Brady Feigl, who's been one of Stockton's most consistent starters so far this season. But first, here's our conversation with AAA Las Vegas hitting coach Eric Martins. Thanks for joining us today, Eric. Absolutely, no problem. So you've got a you've got a lot of great hitters here in Vegas this year. These guys have gotten off to great starts. It must be really good for you to see these hitters getting off to such a great start this season. No, absolutely. I mean, for a lot of guys, you know, we've got a couple guys, first-time AAA, a couple guys returning who didn't have great years. So for all them to get off to a good start, it gives them a good leg to stand on and something to build towards for the rest of the season. It gives you a lot less things to worry about at the start of the season, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, that's, that's the trap here is at the beginning of the year, usually have a meeting at the beginning of the year and I tell the guys I said hey I said April not that it's a wash but April hey we're just getting our feet wet we're getting used to playing every single day you know we're traveling so that's going to be the year we're just going to kind of grind out some at bats and then once May gets here we're going to diagnose some stuff and we're going to start working and hopefully by the middle of May and stuff we can just go off in the season from there and, 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 and grind. Right. Well, you didn't have to wait for me this year. They got they got a <laughs> start right away. Yeah, it made me feel real good about it. So I was excited about that. And my, my headaches weren't as gone. I wasn't as stressed and I was able to sleep at night. So that was good. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, let me ask you about some of these guys have got some great starts here. Well, the first most interesting story or fun story, I think, is Sky Bolt. You know, he, he, he struggled last year. He got sent back down to, to Stockton after getting a little time in double A. And now here he is this season. He makes it up to the major leagues, makes his big league debut early in the season what 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 do you see happening with sky bolt what does he kind of put together this year well i think he uh you know when he went when he started off in double a last year i think it was a good eye-opening experience that he had to make some adjustments and he did that and you know i commend him for for taking that assignment back to stockton you know retuning his swing a little bit and making the adjustments that he needed to make and it carried on to when he got back to double a and it carried on to the fall league which he did pretty good and it, it's carried on to here so you know it's, it's really happy to see him because i've seen him for a while since I was still scouting when we drafted him and knew that the tools were there, but there was just some stuff that he needed to clean up, and he's done a great job with that. Yeah, it seems like he's finally kind of putting all those tools together into a really good package this oh, year. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, it's fun to watch. He can do so many things. I mean, just not even offensively on the bases, defensively with his arm, with his speed. And so now putting together those at-bats and having that confidence every time he's in there, it's fun to watch because the ball jumps off his bat. Yeah, that's for sure. Another guy who's really gotten off to an exciting start this year is shortstop Jorge Mateo. You know, you had him last year in AAA as his hitting coach, and as you know, he struggled most of, most of the year at the plate, and a lot of people were kind of wondering, wondering about him at that point. But this year, he's gotten off to a great start, and he's just been hot all season. What, what kind of advances have you seen Jorge Mateo make this year in his second year in AAA? Well, there's two words that come to mind that I talk to, what, that I say about him um, when people ask about him and I said I think he matured a little bit as far as just his maturity level 
and he came in with a little bit more focus. And that was one thing last year. There was, you know, not saying he's a bad kid because he's a great kid, but just a couple things that he would do that would, you know, kind of drive some coaches crazy. And, you know, the focus would be half there, half not there, half in there, half not there. And so this year I think for sure, A, he's, he's matured. Um, he understands the game. He's become a better professional, and he's more focused. And now it's, it's just a matter of him just continue on the work that he's done in spring training to this point and staying staying on top of it. And I told him coming into this year, I said, last year was just a year for you to go out and have a little bit of learning experience. This year I'm going to hold you accountable for every single at-bat and maybe even in, in at-bat. You know, an example was last night where – you know, he swung at a couple pitches out of the zone, and his swing was kind of uphill like he was trying to do a little too much. And I just kind of gave him a little little shot from the dugout. Say, and our key word for him is just stay downhill, stay on top. And it was a it was a 0-2 fastball at the top of the zone. He got on top of it, it based it up the middle for the game-winning RBI. So it's those those little things with him that have really impressed me. And I've told him numerous times this year, just on certain occasions, how proud I am of just the way he's gone about his business and how he's become a professional. Well, that's some pretty good in-game coaching right there, I got to say. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, you got you got your things for every single guy, and he's one guy that I'm. Pro- he's probably the only guy that I'll bark something with him because it gets him back where he needs to be. Right. It's interesting that you mentioned the word focus with him. I talked to him, I think, in January, and he said to me, "I know I need to be more focused this season." So he he knew what he needed to do, and he's obviously done it. Yeah. yeah no, absolutely. I mean, it's 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 one thing saying something, but it's also it also means a lot more when you say it and you and you fall back on it and you and you hold yourself accountable to it, and he's done that. Another really uh, interesting prospect you had here is uh, catcher Sean Murphy. Unfortunately, uh, he got hurt with the knee, but he got off to a really good start at the, at the plate, and we know he's a great defensive catcher. He's got a strong arm, so when you see him really making some noise at the plate, that, that gets you pretty excited about what kind of overall package he's got. No, it really does. I mean, the first thing you hear about Sean Murphy is his defense and his arm and his defense and his arm, but this guy can hit, and he has a true understanding of what he's trying to do in the plate, and he has, a, and he has pretty good plate discipline. You know, he, can, he hits the breaking ball, he hits the fastball, boy's got tremendous raw power you know he uses the field so it was it was unfortunate for him to go down when he did because he was he was starting to get some things together even though he had a great start but he was only getting better at that time too so you know it's a little setback for him I know he was disappointed with it but I can't wait till he gets back yeah, I'm, I'm sure we, we, we were all looking forward to seeing him in Oakland before long, so we all want to see him back soon. Yeah, the time was coming. I, I can tell you that right now. <laughs> well, let me ask you about another guy who's gotten off to a great start, and that's Seth Brown. Uh, he's just uh, been hitting tremendously from the start of the season, been leading the team in home runs most of the season. What are you seeing out of Seth Brown, who's kind of a, a bit more of an underrated prospect? A lot of A's fans might not know about him, but he's sure been hitting well here. No, I, I, he's, he's a great story. You know what I mean? He came and was with us in spring training, and, you know, myself and Frank, I think we fought for him hard to get him on this team. I thought he deserved an opportunity to play here and be here and some things lined up where he got his opportunity to be here and he's taking advantage of it. You know, this guy understands his swing. He's got tremendous power. He's, he's hit the last couple of years. So it's time for him to get rewarded and push to see what we got. And I think he's opened some eyes in the organization. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and another guy I wanted to ask you about here who A's fans do know well, and that's Franklin Barreto. Uh, first couple of weeks looked like he was hitting well, and then, then the last couple of weeks of April he kind of went into a bit of a slump. Where do you think Franklin Barreto's at, and what are, you, what are you working on with him at this point? Franklin's on his way back right now. I can tell you that right now. His at-bats are getting better. I think there might have been a little bit of letdown from when he got sent down, possibly. Plus, you know, he's a, real, he's a kid that's really involved with his country, and the stuff that was going on with his country might have had a little bit to do with some of that on top of it.
But mechanics-wise, um, last year during the season, we, we switched his setup and his, and his stance a little bit, and it, it allowed him to go out and finish the year he did. And um, So watching him in spring training, he kind of went, reverted back to what he was doing before we made the switch, and I asked him, and he said he felt more comfortable, so of course I'm not going to say anything, and he had a great spring. So right. now I think uh, as we started getting more at-bats, it started getting a little bit more discombobulated, so we kind of went back to the setup and, and watched some video of what he was doing last year, and now we're starting to get the feel back of where he was last year and during the summer, and so his at-bats have been improving. He's swinging at, the, at better pitches. Ball's starting to come off his bat again, and we know how loud that can be, and as soon as he gets going here, he's, he, he's one of those guys, when he's hot, it's unbelievable to watch, and he's so talented, you know, and such a quiet kid, and sometimes you got to check in on him to make sure everything's all right, and I can tell that, you know, some things maybe back home are going on, maybe a little bit of that letdown that I said before, and then plus also not performing puts a lot on a kid like that. So, you know, he's done a good job of getting back in the cage, and we've been working on some things. And, you know, he's you can start seeing the smile again. You can see the fire in his eye because the bats are getting better, and he's getting more and more confident as we go. Yeah, it'd certainly be great to see him get back in the back in the groove again. Let me ask you just about a couple more guys you've got here who you know well. One is uh, Sheldon Noisy, who, uh, again, like Mateo, first year in AAA last year, still was very young to be in AAA for the first time, struggled a bit, and now he seems to be hitting better and performing better at the plate this year. Where do you see Sheldon Noisy's at at this stage of the game? I'm really happy where he's at right now. Last year was a big learning experience for him. You know, I commend him to end up hitting 263 the way he did last year because almost through July he was hitting 190. You know, with him last year, it was, it was kind of fine-tuning a couple things with his mechanics. And, you know, he's stubborn in the way he hits, and not in a bad way, which, you know, I, I, I don't mind guys being stubborn because the way they hit, the way they hit. But there were some adjustments that he needed to make that he would do for a while. He'd get some confidence, and he'd get some hits, and then he would revert back to the stuff that he was doing, and it would kind of get him in trouble. So finally, I laid down the law and around end of June and said, this is the adjustment you have to make. And when he finally bought into it and did the adjustment, I think he hit like 320-something from the middle or end of June to the end of the season to end up hitting 263. So he's come in this year. His at-bats are better. His walk totals are up. Still striking out a little bit, but he's striking out in a better way. He's not really chasing as much. He's laying off some pitches that gave him trouble last year. His at-bats have been good. He's got a lot of hard contacts and a lot of bad luck right now, but the at-bats are good. You know, he understands what he needs to do, and that guy can hit. And as soon as it all comes together again, he's going to be a special player. Well, another guy you know well is uh, outfielder Dustin Fowler. Since he's come to the A's, he's, he's had times when he's hit really well. He's had times when he's struggled. Obviously, he's a talented guy. He's got a lot going for him. That's why the team traded for him. But where do you feel Dustin Fowler's at at this point? He's on the up, too, as well. It's just like Franklin Barreto. He got off to a great start. Um, some things kind of started breaking down in the swing a little bit, and he kind of went through a couple weeks where it was a, a pretty bad funk. But if you look at the last few couple few games, he started bearing off some barrel, some baseballs. Had a three-hit game the other day. Big knock for us yesterday to tie the game in the ninth, and I think that gave him a lot of confidence. He had a bat about maybe four or five nights ago against Fresno. They had a lefty. Um, Vidal Nuno, big time, a long time, long uh, big league guy, and it was like a 13 pitch at bat against him. And I told him after that at bat, even though he didn't get a hit, I said, I think that's the at bat that's going to get you back on track. And sure enough, the next night is when he had the three hit game, couple hits here. The at bats are getting better. Such a talented kid, he can really hit, defends well. Um, it's just about him getting back on track with his swing and staying on top of his mechanics. And you know, he's another guy that's it's going to help the A's down the road. Yeah, definitely. Let me before I let you go. Let me ask you about uh, after spending a couple of years in Nashville. You're now here in this brand new ballpark in in Las Vegas. How do you feel being out here in Vegas with the AAA team? Oh, it's beautiful. I mean, 
personally, it's it's great for me because I'm closer to home in Arizona. My wife's around, and I'm also close to home in California. So um, the travel on this side is is a lot easier. It's a lot easier on our players. This facility is amazing, as you can tell, and we, you know the fan support that we have from the city is great. And so I'm really happy that we're here, and it makes that trek up and down from Oakland to, to Vegas a lot easier than Oakland to Nashville. So I think we've been really spoiled in the places that we've had, and we're fortunate to be in this place. And, you know, the organization here, the Howard Hughes Corporation, has treated us like like royalty here, and they've done a great job with everything that they've, they've done here, and they promised us, so it's, it's a great place to be. And finally, I just wanted to ask you, I know you have a long history with Matt Chapman. I think you've known him since he was about 14, and you were the Southern California Area Scout or the uh, Orange County Area Scout anyway, and so you've seen him for a long time. And to see him doing as well as he is in the major leagues and establishing himself as the big, big, big league player that he is, how does that make you feel? Oh, I love it. You know what I mean? It was a, it was a whole collaboration when we drafted him. A lot of us liked him, and you know, it's fortunate that we were able to get him in for a personal workout before the draft so everybody who hadn't really seen him saw him. But it's just everything that I told him from from when I knew him from 14. I knew he was going to be a leader of that team, which he is. That guy is 100% intensity during the game. You know, he's a gamer. Once the lights turn on, it doesn't matter if he's 0 for 4 because he's going to go out there and he's going to make a stellar play on defense. You know, he's turned himself into a, a, almost an MVP caliber type player as of right now. Winning the Platinum Glove, that was no surprise to a lot of us because we knew his defense was special and he's taken really, really, really serious strides with his swing and now he's become a threat on both sides of the ball and it's fun to watch. I mean, he's such a good kid, and I love spending time with him in spring training. Um, you know, we'll talk every once in a while during the season. He'll shoot me a text and just check in on me, so that's good to know. And, you know, and it's fun watching him on TV and being the star that I, that I think we all knew he was going to be. <laughs> Great. It's always good talking to you. Thanks for joining us today, Eric. Absolutely, Bill. Anytime. Stay tuned for more on the A's Farm Podcast coming right up. After graduating from Castro Valley High, Rick Rodriguez ended up making 18 pitching appearances for the hometown A's back in the 1980s. He's since spent most of the past couple decades serving as the A's AAA pitching coach in Sacramento, Nashville, and now in Las Vegas. And that's where we recently caught up with him to talk about some of the team's top AAA pitchers, including Daniel Mangdon, who was called up by the A's just shortly after our conversation. We're here with Las Vegas uh, pitching coach Rick Rodriguez. Thanks for joining us today, Rick. Oh, thank you. No problem. So we wanted to uh, talk to you about some of the pitchers you got on the staff here this year. A lot of guys that are familiar names to a lot of A's fans are uh, down here right now, starting with uh, Daniel Mangdon. Obviously, he spent plenty of time in the big leagues, spent plenty of time in AAA. Sometimes he's really on and can look really dominant, and then sometimes he seems a little out of whack. But where do you feel Daniel Mangdon's at at this stage of the game? I think he's in a really good spot right now. I think he's kind of learned exactly uh, what kind of type of pitcher he is, what he needs to throw, and in what situation. He's done a lot of uh, video work, uh, looking at some analytic-type stuff and percentages on what pitches he should throw, and he's kind of applied it to his game, and I think it's helped him out a lot. Yeah, he seems to have gotten off to a pretty good start here uh, this year in, in Las Vegas. So it looks like he's also striking out more guys well. It seems like he's putting a bigger strikeout numbers than he has in the past. Yeah, you know, I just looked at the stats. And, you know, he's up there in the league leaders with strikeouts, which is great. And, uh, you know, he's just all the hard work he's putting in and, uh, like I said, sequencing it good and uh, executing his pitches. 
Another guy who'll be familiar to A's fans is Paul Blackburn. And, uh, you know, he's been pitching really well here lately, too. Uh, where do you feel Paul Blackburn's at after missing so much time last year? It seems like he's, he's got his command back again. Yeah, I think it was just uh, he had a good offseason and a good spring training. He was able to get on a regular rot uh, rotation and getting some good work on his sides. And, uh, you know, he's always had good control, and uh, I think you're seeing it right now. Uh, is there anything that he's still working on, uh, trying to figure out right now, or, or is it just a matter of him keeping doing what he's doing? Um, you know, him and Daniel are very close, and both of them has been uh, using our video and uh, you know analytics and stuff and percentages and all that of what to throw, and he's starting to follow that and apply that to the game, and I think that's helped him. But uh, overall, I mean, he's just being able to execute his pitches, getting his command, and just getting into good rhythm. He's never really been much of a strikeout pitcher, but it seems like he's putting up a little bigger strikeout numbers here in Vegas lately, too. Yeah, for that's that's great. I'm glad he is. That's going to help him out here. <laughs> never say no to strikeouts. Right? Yeah. Uh, another interesting guy the A's acquired in the offseason is uh, Tanner Anderson, and he started out in the rotation here. He's recently moved to the bullpen. What are you seeing out of Tanner Anderson at this point? Um, I like him. I mean, he's got uh, extremely good moving fastball. I mean, sometimes it's, it's sinking so much he's having a hard time trying to figure out where it's uh, where to start it. But, uh, you know, he's a sinker slider type guy. Keeps the ball down pretty well. Uh, he will throw a four-seamer up in the zone. But, uh, you know, he's just learning uh, this side of the, the league and everything and how to uh, pitch in these type of stadiums. Another guy the A's signed in the offseason that's kind of an interesting uh, pitching prospect is uh, left-hander Tyler Alexander. And uh, he's been pitching out of the rotation. He's had some struggles in the early going. Uh, what type of pitcher do you see he is, and what do you foresee for him going forward? Um, you know what, he's just a, a left-hander that's going to have to sink it and use his off-speed. He's got a very good changeup. Um, using his fastball in on righties, uh, you know, just trying to work on his breaking ball a little bit. But, uh, you know, he's just getting used to pitching at this higher level and getting used to uh, setting up the hitters. I'm wondering, just uh, looking at him, does does he have the kind of stuff that maybe he could be a, a lefty reliever out of the bullpen at some point if needed? Um, yeah, probably. I think, uh, you know, he's starting just to get his uh, pitches in, work at his location. But, uh, I, yeah, I see him as a very good left-handed reliever coming in and, uh, you know, throwing some strikes. And the angle that he creates is uh, can be very tough on left-handed hitters as well as right-handed hitters. Uh, another interesting arm here that I know the organization really likes is Miguel Romero. I know they really like his stuff. Um, I know command can be an issue with him at times, though. What are you seeing out of Miguel Romero in the early going here in Las Vegas? Um, he's gaining a lot of confidence. Um, you know, I think the first few outings he uh, was trying to feel the league around, feeling the hitters. Um, now he's able to get his breaking ball over. He's got a good curveball and a really good slider and uh, to complement that good 94, 96-mile-an-hour fastball. But uh, it's just the confidence has grown with him each time out. Uh, I know you've uh, been in the A's minor league system for a long time. You've coached in Sacramento, then you stopped off in Stockton there for a while, and you went out to Nashville, and now you're here in Las Vegas in this new ballpark. What do you think about uh, things here in uh, in Las Vegas? Uh, it's beautiful out here. I mean, this facility is is number one. I mean, I, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, the clubhouse, the you know, the field, the bullpen, even the you know, the scoreboard's awesome. It's it's a great place to play. And you're probably going to have a lot of nice, bright, sunny days for a baseball out here, too, I would imagine. Yeah, it's going to get a little warm out here, but, you know, it's summer, so you have to deal with it. <laughs> Great. Thanks so much for joining us today, Rick. All right, thanks. Stay tuned for more on the A's Farm Podcast coming right up. Wherever he might find himself playing, catcher Colin Thoreau is a Northern California boy at heart. 
After graduating from Sarah High in San Mateo, he spent a couple seasons playing with San Joaquin Delta College in Stockton. He was drafted by the A's in 2016, and he's since been all over the A's system, making stops in Beloit, Stockton, and Midland. He even spent a couple of weeks earlier this month with AAA Las Vegas, which is where we took the chance to check in with him shortly before he headed back to rejoin the Rockhounds in Midland. Thanks for joining us, Colin. Yeah, thanks for having me. So this time last year, you were in Stockton in uh, A-Ball, and here you are in AAA this yeah. time this year. What's the What's the difference been like for you? Um, I mean, definitely up here, it's, it's cool to be around a lot of guys who, you know, big league time and who have played at a high level and just kind of watch and try and follow their lead and see how they go about things. You know, you definitely get a real professional big league vibe up here, so it's cool to kind of watch from afar and try and copy that. Now, you started this uh, this season at AA Midland. You got off to a good start down there. What uh, Did you feel you were locked in uh, early on? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Tommy Everidge, uh, the hitting coach, and I, we, we clicked very well, and, uh, you know, we were definitely, um, I think, onto something, and hopefully just trying to carry that back over here with, uh, with Eric, so... Well, we know uh, minor league game isn't just about the game on the field. There's a lot of stuff that goes on off the field, right. too. So how different is the, the lifestyle in AAA as opposed to the, the bus rides uh, maybe that yeah. you're used to in other leagues? <laughs> um, well, luckily I got here. We, we've been on a long homestand since I've been here, and we, got a, we have another series after this one. So it's nice to get acclimated, but, you know, I'm looking forward to my plane rides and whatnot, <laughs> you know, however long I get to stay around here. Um, but, yeah, like I said, definitely just a, a very professional, relaxed vibe up here. You know, the game is played at a different pace here, um, which I've I, I definitely taken a liking to. Well, you definitely got a lot more uh, Major League veterans here, guys who have you know, been in the show and have some experience. What's it like to be around more experienced veterans like that? Yeah, definitely. Like I said, it's cool to kind of just watch them from afar and try and you know, um, follow their lead a little bit on things, just really anything with how some of these guys go about their early work or you know, their BP, um, you know, just trying to pick their brains as much as I can, especially these pitchers, um, how they're trying to attack hitters and, you know, what they see and whatever they, they need from my end, you know, that's the biggest thing. Well, like I said, there's a lot of stuff that goes on off the field that's kind of interesting in the minor league game. And I know last year in Stockton, the big off-the-field story, I think, was Clubby the Cat. Yeah. Um, can you tell me a little bit about uh, that, that whole story? Yeah, so there's definitely there was a gang of stray cats all throughout the stadium and kind of the surrounding area. And um, they weren't too friendly, but the Clubby, um, you know, we found him when he was just a little kitten. And he just waltzed right up to us right after a game. And was super friendly and walking all around the clubhouse like he owned the place and so um, he just kept coming back so we just kind of adopted him and Vic the clubby there uh, took him in as his own actually and you know lived with him in the off season and uh, I think he's back in the clubhouse this year so that's kind of a cool little thing. <laughs> Not a bad life for clubby the cat anyway. Definitely. <laughs> now earlier this season you had kind of another interesting experience you were in Midland when they had that that massive hailstorm oh, yeah. as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, yeah so we were we knew that the weather was going to be a little tricky that day we were waiting out uh, uh, a storm seeing if we were going to get rained out or not and sure enough we just hear all this banging on the roof of the clubhouse and we go outside and there's just this crazy hailstorm. you know like it seemed like softball size hail and um, you know we're just sitting there watching our cars get pelted and nothing we could do about it and so sure enough once it ended I went out there and looked and my car was destroyed and uh, just found out that the insurance company totaled it so we're gonna uh, go car searching for 
for a new one here in a little bit. Wow, so it wasn't even just a, just a dented windshield. It was a lot worse than yeah, that. Yeah, my, my windshield looked like someone took a machine gun to it. So, uh, yeah, definitely have to get that taken care of here soon. So. <laughs> we'll hopefully get some better weather here in, in Vegas. So what do you think of this, uh, this brand-new ballpark they've got out here now? Um, I mean, it, it's incredible. The facilities are awesome, kind of everything surrounding it, just the area, um, you know, all the shops and the food and the casinos. You definitely get a Las Vegas vibe here, which is awesome. Um, I'm pretty sure they've sold out every game, at least since I've been here, and I'm pretty sure since the season started. So the atmospheres have been awesome. The facilities, just kind of everything that's going on here has been incredible, like more than you could ask for. Oh, we should also mention, you're uh, you're a Northern California boy. Uh, tell us a bit where you're from and uh, what, your, what your rooting interests were like growing up. Um, yeah, growing up in San Mateo, I was kind of, you know, right smack in the middle of it. You know, we had the Niners, Raiders, A's, Giants. Um, so a lot of, you know, hometown rivalries going on. But I grew up going to A's games, Giants games, um, you know, really whatever kind of cheap tickets we could get our hands on growing up. We'd go to games, try and get there early for BP and, you know, watch them and, you know, so that was a really cool experience growing up, getting to watch those teams. And then obviously the Giants, um, when I was in high school and into college, were winning their World Series. So that was cool to um, kind of follow along with. But definitely I was a fan of both growing up, you know. Like a lot of people in Northern California. Uh, now, before we go, I also wanted to ask you, I know you're very involved and concerned about the fight to end Alzheimer's. Uh, do you want to tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so a good buddy of mine growing up, Braden Bishop, who's with the Seattle Mariners. He's up in the big leagues right now. Just made his debut. He got his first couple knocks the other night, so really happy for him. Um, unfortunately, his, his mom a couple years ago contracted early onset Alzheimer's. Um, so he... Uh, kind of just started his own little foundation. He wanted to raise awareness, raise money for, you know, families that are being affected. And um, it's it's really, you know, gotten bigger and bigger. And I think bigger than he could have, you know, ever expected. And it keeps growing. And, you know, um, the baseball community and, you know, professional baseball is incredible. You know, the guys that have gotten behind him and supported him. Uh, he did a Top Golf event uh, during spring training, and you know I was able to attend, and it was cool to see you know guys like D Gordon and you know all the big names on the Mariners were there supporting him, and I know. Robinson Cano and Nelson Cruz, when they were still with the Mariners, were big uh, advocates of it as well. So, um, you know, it's it's a great cause to get behind. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see, you know, the next steps that they're able to take with it. Great. Thanks for joining us today, Colin. Yeah, thanks for having me. Stay tuned for more on the A's Farm podcast coming right up. After starring in college for Ole Miss, the A's made right-hander Brady Feigl their fifth-round draft pick last year. And after impressing during a brief stint with Vermont last summer, Feigl has been one of Stockton's most consistent starters so far this season. He recently took some time to talk with our Robert Bermudez at Banner Island Ballpark in Stockton. I'm joined now by Brady Feigl. He was a fifth-round draft pick by the Oakland A's in 2018 out of the University of Mississippi. First of all, thank you for uh, taking the time. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Uh, So far this season, you've been the most consistent pitcher for the Ports. Uh, how would you evaluate your performance? Uh, you know, I've, I've been pleased with it so far. There's definitely room to improve. There, there always is. And uh, one of the main things that I want to work on from here on out is fastball command and really work in my lanes. That's what uh, Chris Smith, the pitching coach here, has been working with me and the bullpens and everything. Just try to funnel everything in the zone and go from there. And you've done a really good job of, of pitching at least five or six innings. And I believe every single outing out there, none of those inning in the third, three innings. What's allowed you to kind of stay 
in the game and, and, and get those innings? I, it's it's the guys behind me. You know, I mean, everybody's going to get the hits off of them and the chink hits here and there. But the defense that we have is just incredible. And when you know that's behind you, it just lets you go out and pitch the way you can and uh, have the confidence to go out and do what you do every day. So with the guys behind you, like Nick Allen and Austin Beck and, and Jamison Hanna, you got a lot of really good athletes. Does that just give you confidence to throw whatever pitch you want in the moment, knowing that if it does if it does generate contact, you got guys right behind you? Yeah, 100%. I mean, they cover so much ground. Beck in the outfield, you know, you got Mickey McDonald out there too and Laz. They're all fast and they can get to a bunch of stuff. And not to mention Ironman and Allen up the middle. I mean, that's a, that's a crazy deal to have it short and second, whoever's playing where. Um, and then our catchers behind the plate have done a great job of stealing strikes for us, blocking the balls, and getting people out on the base pass. So all that together really facilitates us to just go do what we do and just be able to fill the zone and make it easy. What would you attribute most of your early season success to? Is it is it your fastball? Is it a certain pitch that's feeling good or just confidence on the mound? I think it's pitching off the fastball, um, establishing that early and getting it in the zone. That's when, when I get my best going. That, that's how I feel is that I'm attacking with my fastball and I got the hitters on their heels. And when it's the other way, it's because my fastball's not there and I, I get behind a little bit, you know. But um, everything's got something to work on, and, and that's what I need to start getting better at. For some A's fans who might not have heard of you yet, how would you describe your pitching style and, and maybe break down your full repertoire? Do you have a fastball that has sink action, arm side run? Yeah, so uh, I'll start with the repertoire. I got a four-seam and a two-seam fastball. The four-seam will cut a little, and the two-seam will run into a righty. And then uh, a changeup that's got a little run and sink to it and a, a slurve. I call it a slider, but it's more of a slurve. Um, and then as of my pitching style, I like to think of myself kind of like Chris Carpenter. Um, didn't have the best stuff out there, but he was a bulldog every time he came to the mound, and that's what I want to do. I don't, I don't have the electric stuff that some guys have, the 98-mile-an-hour arm. You know, I'd, I'll sit right at 90, but just throw all my pitches for strikes and compete every day. How crazy is it that in the minor leagues there's another Brady Feigl who has some very <laughs> <laughs> striking similarities when it comes to appearance. You're both pitchers in, in the minor leagues. You actually got a chance to meet him, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we met up twice, actually. Um, once before the DNA test, and then we took that. And it turns out we're not related, but it, it's nuts, you know. And the fact that there's someone else like you the, that looks that much like you with the same name and everything, not to mention that we happen to be playing minor league baseball together, it, that, that's mind-blowing, you know. And um, I hope at some point we'll be able to face off on, on the mound together. That'd be fun. Yeah, maybe at the big league level. Yeah, you never know. You Coming never up know. in the, uh, I believe he's in the Texas farm system, so it might be yeah. a division rival once once you get that call up to Oakland. Mm -hmm. um, the Cal League is notoriously a hitter-friendly league. You see a lot of players who come from, like, the Midwest League in Beloit, and, and they get to Stockton, and their numbers will kind of take off. How have you been able to be effective in such a, a hitter-friendly league? You know, you just don't think about it. Um, that's the great job that Smitty's done with us. Uh, just the mindset when you go out there, you're going to give up your home runs that aren't supposed to be home runs. And they, it's not the fact that they are home runs. That's fine. The results are fine. It's more about how did what did I do this game to get better? So even if you go out and you give up four solo shots in a game, but you pitched really well, that's still a win. And it's still about developing your pitches and getting better. If, if it's a home run here, it might not be a home run up at a different level in a different league. And you just got to understand that and just keep attacking. You can't ever get on your heels. So it sounds like it's a case of trusting the process versus looking at the line score and saying, man, I gave up X amount of hits when it was, you know, I feel like I was generating soft contact. And Yeah, that, that's the idea. It doesn't always work that way, let me tell you, but 
that's the idea. You mentioned Chris Smith, the pitching coach, who was up with Oakland just a couple seasons ago. And, and this season, Chris Bassett has made a rehab start here, as is Edwin Jackson. Mm-hmm. Did you get a chance to kind of talk to them and, and pick their brains a little bit while they're down here? Yeah, on definitely. I mean, they were they were both very helpful when they came. And uh, that's what's so cool about it. The guys that have come before you and that are still up there at that level, when you get a chance to talk, they take the time to sit down and, and really kind of break it down with you. And anything, any kind of questions you want, I mean, they're, they're more than happy to answer. And that, that's just awesome to be part of that environment. I think it's really cool. As a minor leaguer who's not as established as these veteran pitchers, how valuable is that information that they're giving you? Oh, it's great. Yeah. I mean, I can't even describe it. it it's extremely valuable. You know, I'd, coming through um, – the college ball and everything I, I thought I learned a lot when I get to college and then you you get to this level and you're like there's so much more still out there to learn and develop on and it, it just makes me really excited to get after it and get out there is that veteran presence kind of like a well they're showing me a new grip for my changeup, or is it more hey just mindset when you're on the mound throw strikes it's it's both I mean I, I've had guys come up and say hey why don't you try doing this with your change and you get a little more sync here and then I've also had um, guys come up and say, when you're when you're thinking about putting a two seam on this side of the plate, maybe if you think about throwing through the catcher instead of trying to hit the glove, you'll get more extension and that run will come back. So I mean, it's 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 a bunch of different things. It's a mixture of it, and you know, it's all just great. You're trying to be a sponge and just kind of soak all of it in. Well, it looks like you're doing a good job soaking up all that information. You're pitching well. We wish you the best of luck moving forward the rest of the season. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks a lot, Rob. And thanks to all of you out there for listening to this edition of our A's Farm podcast. Be sure to check back in for the next episode. And don't forget that you can always find daily updates on the A's top prospects and all the daily action in the A's minor league system on our A's Farm website at athleticsfarm.com. That's athleticsfarm.com. Thanks again. I'm A's Farm Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty, and we'll see you again down on the farm. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. 